God. Uh, I thank God for this time, this weekend of being together. I thank God for the vision for the whole month. This month of October, that the church is focusing on mission. It is a joy to me because I think there are a lot of challenges ahead of us. And I am trusting that the Lord will speak to us very particularly that questions will arise in our hearts. Questions that we shall ask ourselves individually. Questions that will make us to probe ourselves to examine, to evaluate what we are doing and to see whether there is something that God may be saying to us to make us to plan our time differently. Could it be that God is challenging us about some issues that we have not been thinking about? Let me say that I am from Calvary Ministries, Capro. My wife, Elizabeth, and I, we are missionaries. So we love to talk about mission. The theme is a mission theme, taking territories. Let me begin by looking at that passage that is the theme for the month. That is Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. And I will read again the chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. Joshua chapter 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake to Joshua, the son of Nun. What did he say to him? Moses. Moses minister, excuse me. Say this. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all the people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Hallelujah. It was at a time in Israel before the people entered their land. At a time that we say very critical, but at a time of mixed feeling, at a time that could be transitional, the leader they were used to had just died. The leader had gone, but God's vision 
for the people remain the same. God had a vision unto which he had called the people. And you know, sometimes we limit a vision to a person. But a vision that is God, that belongs to God, transcends a person. This vision is bigger than Moses. Even though Moses seemed to be the person that started to carry the body for God, some may ask the question, why is it that God had to wait for this great man Moses to die before they will enter to the promised land? We are going to be looking this weekend, we are going to be looking at mission of the church but we are going to be inspired by what God said to Israel that is a parallel with what God is calling the church to do. In fact, when we are talking about taking territories, we are actually referring to what God said to Israel at that time. So God said to Moses, as God, God said to to Joshua, Moses is dead. And there's nothing we can do about that. But the vision did not die. Moses is dead, but the vision must continue. And what is the vision? For the people to possess a land which God gives them. Actually, that is our starting point. We are talking tonight about the power to take territories. I want to begin to look at the power that was made available to Israel to take territory to hold on to their territory. We are going to be talking about their motivation if we can learn anything from it. Actually, when you look closely at this verse 2, I see something there that I will call the first thing we must notice that was the source of power to the people of Israel. When we read whether any book of the Pentateuch to the books like First Samuel, Second Samuel, Kings, and we see these people the way they enter the land, the way they have to hold on to it, the exploits that God did, the exploit that God did through them, and how they manifested courage and heroism, we want to ask ourselves. What was the secret? Is there something we can learn from them? Let me read this verse 2 again. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them. The first thing I notice 
is that God was not talking about a land that he was going to give to them. He was speaking about a land that he gives to them. Did you notice that? As if I have given it to you. The same chapter 1. Let me read verse 11. It was Joshua that was speaking here. God was speaking through Joshua. Pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare you victuals for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go to possess the land, which land? Which the Lord your God gives you to possess it. God was talking to them to possess something that he has given them. God gave them a kind of an assurance that the matter has been settled with him. As if God is saying, I have already given this land to you. You just go and possess it. As if God is saying, I have done what I need to do. You just enter into it. And we see the people so motivated. We see them so courageous to possess what God has given them. I will state that as the first component of power. A kind of an inner conviction that they have that God has done it. God has established it. God is with us. Actually, God has finished the work before now. This battle we are fighting, it is a battle that is already finished. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, Caleb was able to say, we are able to possess it. When they look at the strength of the opposition, the hard to fight peoples that were settled in their countries, whereas they were not yet a country, they were just a people looking for a territory. So they had all kind of odds against them. Their adversaries, the enemies they were to dislodge, they had everything to their advantage. The people of God had everything to their disadvantage. Yet, they overcame. Why? Because the matter was initiated by God, concluded by God, and they were called into it. 
and they were operating in that assurance that the land had been given to them. They were operating in an assurance that God has done his own part of the battle. So, brethren, as we are talking tonight about power to take territories, is it possible for us to take territories? When we look at the situation in the world today, is it a time to take territories? When we look at how the world is difficult and hostile to Christianity, is it a time for the church to take territories? Is it a time to reach out to the peoples that are unreached? The other question, the same question but the other side of it, actually, is God in this project of mission? Is it not sufficient? Is it not enough for us to be doing church and to be growing in the Lord, growing in the Spirit, being more obedient to God, ensuring our salvation, walking in obedience, Worshipping God? Is that not enough? Is God in this matter of mission? Is it of any importance to do anything beyond what we are doing now? Is it really part of God's plan to reach out to peoples that actually are not interested in our message? Is it part of God's mandate for us? Does it worth it for us to leave our, our comfortable environment and to spend our resources to reach other people? Does it worth it? Is it not better and much more pragmatic to make our church to even continue to grow each person in the Lord? Is it not enough? These are things that we must settle. Actually, the issue of taking territory, the first obstacle is that is an obstacle in our mind, our mindset. Is it important to carry the gospel to those that have not had the gospel? Is it actually part of our work? Can't we do some things that are more important and more uh, 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 and uh, let me uh, and, and that seem to be uh, to be more useful to us? Can we not put emphasis on other things? Let me say, brethren, the first area where we need help is the conviction of our mindset. Let me answer our question by 
reading something that Jesus said when he was talking at the end of his ministry I'm reading Matthew chapter 28 Matthew chapter 28 the Lord was talking to his disciples just before he ascended to heaven and he said to them let me read from verse 19 go ye therefore and teach all nations hallelujah go and teach all nations go and baptize them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghosts go to all nations oh yes Jesus gave that command go to all nations he was talking to his disciples he was talking to his church go to all nations so let it be settled in our mind that God has a project for us and the project is to reach out to other peoples. He said it in different ways that we should carry this gospel to everywhere we go to. In fact, he was saying to a disciple one time, he said, go and occupy till I come. He said, they should go and put to every creature under the sun. These are definition of the mandate that the Lord is giving us. The first thing in our mind, in my mind is, Actually, how important is it? How necessary is it? Is it a mandate that needs something to change in me? Does it demand that certain things change in my planning, in my programming? Those are the issues we are going to look at later. But we must first of all settle it that it is not possible to do mission without this full conviction that that is the purpose and the will of God for me. Let me say also, let me read first Acts chapter 1 where it seemed he was talking directly. He was talking directly about the power that they will need to do this work. Allow me just to read, to start 
that Acts chapter 1. And I will read. Let me read from let me read from verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times of the or the season which the Father has put in his own power. Verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. And what will happen? And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in all Samaria and unto all and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The Lord was saying to his disciples, yes, we are going to occupy territories. You are going to take territories, but you cannot do it without receiving a power. And this is what I want to emphasize tonight. Something I want to draw our attention to. This work of evangelizing the world, this work of taking territories, this work that we call the work of mission, in reality, who did Jesus entrust this work to? I know Sometimes we quickly say he entrusted it to the church. But I discovered something that I want to share with us tonight. When he was talking about who he entrusted this work to, in John chapter 16. Let us open to John chapter 16 and I want us to look at it closely because it will be Actually, our focus tonight, sorry, John chapter 15, verse 26, yes. John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also you shall bear witness of me. Please let us look at these two verses together. Who was the Lord speaking to here? Who was he speaking to? To who? To the disciples, isn't it? And he said to the disciples, when the comforter will come, he will witness, he will testify of me. And you also, he will testify of me. Now from that speaking, who did the Lord entrust this witnessing to? Who did he entrust it to from that verse, from those two verses? To who? 
Excuse me. So the Holy Spirit. He was speaking to the disciples. He said, listen, disciples. Listen, church. Somebody will come. The Holy Spirit will come. When he, will co- when he comes, he will testify of me. And you also will testify. What does that mean? Actually, what he was saying to the disciples. The Holy Spirit is my witness. He will be the one to witness of me. And you also. Then who is the principal? Who is the assistant? Who is the principal? And the disciples, they are just an also. Principal. The principal in the work of mission is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The principal is the Holy Spirit. In fact, the church is just an also. He said, you also. Actually, you could see that the person that the Lord committed mission to is the Holy Spirit. And he now puts us, the disciples, the church, as associates. And that must be our mentality mission. The work of mission is the work of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It would be a mistake to think that the work of mission is the work of the church and then we must associate the Holy Spirit. It is the other way around. It is the other way around. The starting point for the work of mission is the Holy Spirit. It is him that Jesus presented. He that will witness of me. But the Holy Spirit will take us as associates. And that is the secret of our power. That is the secret of the church in the book of Acts of the Apostle. Do you know that because Jesus does not want the role to change. He does not want the church to take the first place and then the Holy Spirit will just come behind. Jesus said to the disciples several times, he said, wait until he comes. Do you remember? As if he knows that the church can allow zeal to overcome them. As if Jesus was saying, look, I know you may start this work. Wait as he comes. They even wanted to know when he will come. He said, not many days from now. No, you cannot start until he comes. If he comes late, you will wait. He may come sooner than you are expecting. You are waiting for him. If he doesn't come as soon as you are expecting him, you will wait until he comes. And that is something that is the secret of our power to take territories. Any mission work where the Holy Spirit does not initiate, where the Holy Spirit is not the first 
to go forward and the church is associated, it cannot work. I can tell you that the work of mission can never be done with the intelligence of man. The work of mission cannot be done with our wisdom. Recently, I went to a country, I will not mention the name because I know we are recording this. One of those countries where it is impossible. In fact, they, they said in the constitution of that country that every nation, every citizen is a Muslim. And you cannot be any other thing. It's one country. In fact, it is criminalized for anybody to preach any other message to any citizen. But there were some people, citizens that were, that, that were converted, not many though, converted. So we were trying to help them. And we were, we were gathering them, and whenever we want to have a meeting, we, we were interested. We always say, okay, you, you tell us now, what, how have you converted? And we had all kind of stories. Oh, a lady said, since I was about 12, I will always have a dream. In this dream, somebody would just say to me, oh, this is the person that can take you to heaven. And when I would turn around, I would see nobody. And she was having this dream so often that she told her parents, they felt that she must be, it must be a demon that was troubling her, and they did all kind of this Islamic thing to, to exorcise her. And it kept on, kept on, kept on. Until one day, she was watching television, and there was this program talking about the glory of Islam. And the imam was doing a real exegesis on the beauty and the glory and the power of Islam. <laughs> the man was saying something like, in fact, there are some people, they say that God has a son. He said as he was saying that, another, uh, another person was saying, Allah Akbar. Something in her said, yes, God has a son. Ah, he looked around. The man said, if I, there's one religion that said that one uh, that uh, uh, that uh, that uh, Israel Masihu that was crucified. He said something. He said, actually he was crucified. Uh -uh. This woman was converted through the message of this imam. Are you understanding me? He said everything, this man will say something that if I, many of the things she knew about Christianity, she learned from that imam. That the man will say something, and that voice now will, will say, will now give her another version. That was how she was converted. Nobody. Who was at work? Some other man, his wife, he said his wife was a student at the university. So, there was this foreign teacher that came from a Christian country that was secretly preaching 
But then she gave a Bible to his wife. And his wife was reading the book, the Bible at home. And when she when he saw it was the Bible, he felt very angry, but he said nothing. He decided to go and throw the book away. Though the wife went out, so he took the Bible and was going somewhere to throw it into a river. He said as he was going, a voice said to him, very authoritatively, don't throw that book away. He looked around. He didn't see anybody. He began to run, to run back. Then he talked to him. The person who had run away from where is he? Then he stopped. So as he stopped and he was looking left and right, people around said, what was happening? What was happening? What was happening? That you are running, why are you running? He said, told him, I said, well, no, I was just trying to do some exercise. So the whole area knew something was wrong with this man. So they told the wife. So the wife came back, ran to the house. My husband, people said something is wrong with you. What is wrong with you? Then he said, actually, it is that your book. I wanted to throw it away. A voice spoke to me. So the woman said, well, I have been reading it. The, that it was talking about, it was talking about Jesus. Both of them began to read it together. That was how the two of them were converted. Who was at work? I can't tell you any story. Oh, my wife and I, we worked as missionaries in, in Senegal. There was this man. When I met him, he was about 83 years old, but very intelligent man. I began to go to his house to talk to him, to witness to him. The man loved to argue and everything. He had a son. In fact, in that area, whenever there was any crime, the first suspect that the police would go and check was that boy. His name was Malik. So I was talking to this man many times. He loved to hear me. And he was very proud. He said, in fact, his great-grandfather was one of those that followed Otman Danfodio to Sokoto, Nigeria that brought Islam to Nigeria. He was very, very proud of it. So one day his son ran to our house. He said he wanted to become a Christian. I said, who preached to you? He said, you see, all those papers you are giving my father, I will take them, photocopy them, and read them. And I understand everything. I asked him a question. This boy had enough reason to become a Christian. There then in our house, he gave his life to the Lord. Then one day, you know, in the church, <laughs> when I said church, I'm not talking of this so many people. You are, you are too many for such a country. All the church was my wife, myself, our daughter, and maybe three or four other people. That was the church. 
Then suddenly, this man, this young man, went into crisis of folly in the church. And the Lord said, this boy Maliki, he's going mad. Pray for him. We stopped the service. We began to pray for him. Then he came back to normal. What happened to you? He said it was his father. That he see, he didn't know his father was watching him. And he started, he, he was praying. He knelt in his room, he was praying. And then his father opened the door suddenly. He saw him praying. He then said, what are you doing? He said, you are praying. You also, you have become a Christian. Wait for me, I'm coming. Then the man went, took his revolver. And as the man was, as the man aimed it at him, he just took the pillow on which he was leaning. He was leaning and threw the pillow at the father. The father lost uh, uh, Yes, he was just destabilized and he fired into the, into the ceiling. So the, the young man just ran away. So I went to the father. I said, sir, Malik said you, you drove him out of the house. He said, is that what he said? I said, that what he said. He said, no, Malik is a liar. No, 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 no. I didn't drive him out of the house. I wanted to kill him and he ran away. No, tell him I didn't drive him out of the house. I only wanted to kill him. I said, sir, you wanted to kill him? He said, yes. I didn't drive him away. Tell him I didn't drive him away. If he says I drive him away, it's not true. I said, sir, this man was a thief. He was, he was a drug. He was, he, he, he was on drugs. Has it changed? <laughs> the man told me, look, listen, I prefer my, my son to be a madman picking, picking things on the road, but a Muslim, than to be a Christian and seated in the church. He said, no, I prefer my son to be a criminal, they will put him in prison, than for him to be a respected person and be a Christian. But the Holy Spirit convicted Maliki. The work of mission is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we notice in the book of Acts, it was the Holy Spirit that was initiating every move. The Holy Spirit was speaking. The Holy Spirit was taking decision. The Holy Spirit was motivating. It is the Holy Spirit that takes territories. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot take territories. The first territory you are to take is not a territory that is far off. Do you know that you need the Holy Spirit for your life to be correctly under control? 
your life is first of all a territory around which there's a battle. You know, there are, this is a time when many Christians are not sure of what to believe. Many Christians are not stable in their faith. Many Christians will be looking for a special man of God that will pray for him. Many Christians are still cases of deliverance. The territory of your life has not been settled. May God help you to settle that in Jesus' name. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is not a power. But the Holy Spirit manifests power. No, he's not a power. The Holy Spirit is a person. The person a person that takes control of lives and of territory. May we settle it that the matter of the territory of my life is settled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is no more struggle concerning my life. If there is tonight, it be concluded. You know, there are certain things that weaken Christians that make them to be doubtful of the purpose of God for their lives. Let me say something to you. When you allow the Holy Spirit in your life, not because of noise, not because of anything emotional, but based upon the truth of the word of God, the territory of your life shall be settled. Oh, may God help us to settle the issue of the territory of your life. Many Christians still struggle with the territory of their life. If the territory of your own life is still in dispute, can you take territories? It is a distraction. It is a distraction. Look through the, through, 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 through the book of Acts or the epistles. Christians settle the matter of their life once and for all. Many of the teachings that some of you run around about that make you to begin to speak to seek some special anointing. They will, they will be confusing you. They cannot set you free. 
What shall set free? Jesus said, you will know the truth and what will happen. What will happen? The truth will set you free. Oh, may we be set free. In such a way that my matter is concluded. The matter of my life is concluded. Can you say the matter of my life shall be concluded? We shall pray that way this time, not because of under any special anointing. Mm-mm. If anybody wants us to talk more about it, we can talk more about it tomorrow, pri- privately. But tonight we are going to stand upon that ground that the matter in my life is concluded. I will not run, I will not run, I will not run around again. Jesus said, you will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Not because I speak that I witness for the Lord. Even before I speak, my life shall be a witness. People shall see my life, they will see the glory of the Lord. Is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible? You know why some people don't do, are not interested in mission? They say, if I, will see, I still have problems in my life. How can I be taking of other people's salvation? It is the devil's strategy. Your life situation shall be settled. It shall be concluded. That is our main burden tonight. That God has called us to take territories. And distracted men and women cannot take territories. Can they? No. They will just be struggling on one spot. But there is this mindset that assures me that the Lord has finished my matter. That the Lord has given me something to do. That the Lord has gone ahead of me. And that the Holy Spirit is in control. Hallelujah. When the Lord was talking about this work of word evangelism, when he was talking about go into all the world and preach the gospel, he was saying to us as if there was nothing that should distract you. He was saying it because he has said to that matter concerning us. And therefore, he has called us to go and do that which is the purpose for which he has called us. You know, 
I remember the church, the church in Antioch. The Bible said they were there worshiping the Lord. Let us look at it. It's in chapter 13, Acts. Acts chapter 13. They were there just worshiping the Lord together. And the Lord spake to them. Yes. Sorry. And the Lord spake to them. Let me, let me read from the verse 1. Now there was in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaen which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul as they ministered to the Lord and fasted somebody spoke who spoke? the Holy Spirit said what? separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. The church people did not know that the Holy Spirit has separated these people to a work. But the Holy Spirit spoke. And when the Holy Spirit spoke, they obeyed. May the Holy Spirit speak concerning me. Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, verse 34, he said, the kingdom of God is like a man that goes on a fire journey he left authority to his servants and indicated to each man his work. God has his work for each one of us. God has his work for you. God has his work for each one of us. It was not only for Paul and uh, for Saul and Barnabas that God has a work. Brother, sister, God has a work for you. And in this weekend, may we discover the work of God for you. And we run with it. Do you know that by the time somebody discovers God's work for him and he begins to pursue it. He will grow on every side. He will grow spiritually. And let me tell you, even materially he will grow. He will grow professionally. That was why Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then what will happen? All of that things. Many Christians are not prospering because they are not seeking first king, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
They are not seeking first to understand that God has called me to something that I will pursue. The day I understood that God has called me to something that I must pursue. Many distractions in my life, they stopped. It is a person that does not have something strong to pursue that is easily distracted. A person that is pursuing something strongly is not easily distracted. In fact, he will have some problems, he will not notice it. A person that notices all his problems is a person that is not pursuing much. But when a person begins to pursue something, many problems will be solved in his life. And I believe God is calling us to pursue something with our life. Something that the Holy Spirit will call you into. When the Holy Spirit calls you into something, you have nothing to fear. When the Holy Spirit will call you into something, victory is assured. Tonight, the way we are going to is concerning ourselves. First of all, to settle it that the matter of the territory of my life is not a disputed issue. Do you know that there are some people they are still disputing the matter of the territory of their life. They are still disputing who controls that life. Such a life can receive no power to pursue anything. We are going to examine ourselves and we are going to pray that direction. And the second thing is to trust that this Holy Spirit, when it takes control of me, he will lead me into that unto which God is calling me. Hallelujah. Can we pray? I want you where you are. I want you to ask yourself this question. The matter of the territory of my life is it settled? The matter of the territory of my life, is it a settled matter? Or is it a matter that I come from tonight be trusting God that it is settled? Some people can decide that from tonight, for me it is settled. Oh yes, for some people it has been settled. 
But if you are one of those for whom maybe it was not settled, you are saying tonight, this matter is settled. I will not run around again. The matter of the territory of my life is settled. I don't need any man to manipulate me. Christians love to be manipulated today because they are seeking, they believe that there's something that they need that they don't have in Christ. But can it be settled? That that matter is settled. Jesus is sufficient. Is sufficient. Is sufficient. And that matter is settled for me. Father, let every heart present be arrested tonight in the name of Jesus. Is there anybody that is still limping between two opinions? Let every confusion be dissipated in Jesus' name. Let every question receive assurance from the Lord tonight. Let the Holy Spirit break forth. Let the Holy Spirit break through in the name of Jesus. Let everyone here deep in his heart, deep in our hearts, that the matter of the territory of my life is a settled matter. And let him rest assured. Let her rest assured. Let her no more be in any confusion. Father, we recognize how many Christians do as if Jesus is not sufficient. Father, Jesus is sufficient for us. Jesus is sufficient for us. Jesus is sufficient for us. Every tenacious battle in anybody's life tonight, let it end as this world go forth in the name of Jesus. Every battle of confusion, let it end in the name of Jesus. Father, arise on behalf of each person. Arise that each one will stand upon the ground of victory. In the name of Jesus. There is nothing else that we can do. Jesus has done it all. Let every heart that is fearful receive courage tonight. Let every divided heart receive consolation tonight. In Jesus' name. Can you pray? That I believe the Lord is calling me to something. Maybe you don't even have an idea. Maybe it is the first time you are under you are hearing it. Just say that, Lord, Lord, I know you are calling me to something. Let me not miss it in my life. Let me not miss it in my life. Let me not miss it in my life. 
Let the Holy Spirit take my life as a platform for witnessing in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, take full control. Make me one of your associates. Because it is unto you that the Lord has committed the matter of witnessing for him. Take me as an associate. Use me as, as an associate. Use my mouth like the mouth of your associates. Use my feet as the feet of your associates. Use my resources as the means that you have entrusted to your associates. The Bible says, Jesus said, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I want you to stand up and stretch out your hand. Say, Father, just stand up and say, Jesus said I will receive power. Holy Spirit, give me this power. Holy Spirit, I want your person. I want you to fill me. Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me. I want you to fill me. I want you to fill me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me. Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me. Holy Spirit, take control of my life. Holy Spirit, I, re I, re I release myself to you. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, I'm thirsty for you. I'm hungry for you. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Father, fill us. Holy Spirit, fill everyone that is here. See each one as a vessel to be filled a vessel to be filled that will make each one your associates. You will make each one as your associates. And you take all the glory. Father, Father, we are your channels. The channels through whom the Holy Spirit will manifest himself. We are channels. Channels of the Holy Spirit. Right from tonight, we pray that everyone will begin to have experience with you. Let us begin to have experience with you. You say in the last days, you will pour your spirit upon our flesh. Oh Lord, see each one of us here as a vessel. See him as a vessel. See her as a vessel. You promise that you will pour your spirit upon our flesh. Pour your spirit upon us. Pour your spirit upon us. <coughs> Father, you say in those days, you will pour your spirit upon our flesh. You said the young men shall see vision. The old shall, shall dream dreams. Father, grant each one of us a vision. Say to God, give me a vision for my life. Give us visions. Give us visions. Vision that we can live for. Vision, Lord, that, for, that we demand our life to be invested in. Father, give us dreams. Dreams that will change us. Dreams that will motivate us. Dreams that will reorganize us. Dreams that will reconfigure our future. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we don't want you just to be a doctrine. We want you to be our experience. Be our experiences. Be our experiences. Be our experiences. Be our experiences. Let each person have an experience with you. Right from tonight, that will begin to have experiences with you. Right from tonight, let people begin to have experiences with you. Right from tonight. Right from tonight. Right from tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord.
Please be seated. God bless you. Can we appreciate Brother Tokun again? Remember, we said we'll stretch this meeting to about 8.15, so we're still within time. The next 10 minutes will be spent taking questions and uh, he providing the answers. Uh, those worshipping with us online, I hope you've sent your questions uh, on the Zoom link or in the chat room. Um, Pastor Oken will be reading them out. Perhaps there are questions here in the auditorium. I can indicate to have microphones. Okay, Brother Urinu, number one. Any other question? Please, let's be sh make sure our questions are on point so that they'll be clear. Sorry, sir, there's one question coming. All these people get ready. I want to emphasize that word get ready. Is there a place for readiness in what we have been discussing tonight? And what are the components of readiness in occasion? Okay. Actually, this kind of meeting we're organizing is to get us ready. Everything we said tonight is about getting us ready. Uh, when we come tomorrow, I will begin to say what are the specific areas of challenges it is to get us ready. Uh, and I know that this is a church that has spoken much about discipleship. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Discipleship, some of those things you have been doing, is a way of getting ready. Actually, uh, mission is not possible without discipleship whether it is called discipleship or by another name. So, there are many things that, are, that, are, that is already being done that is getting ready. We shall just only try to put them in perspective of what we are talking about. Okay. Pastor, can any question online? Where is he? Yes, uh, there is one. And the question is, how do the evangelical but non-Pentecostal Christians align with this message since they do not seem to believe in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, which refers to the Holy Spirit baptism? Or do they have enough of the Holy Spirit at conversion to carry out the task of taking territories? So I seem not to get the question. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Let me read it one more time. Okay. How do the evangelical but non-Pentecostal Christians align with this message since they do not seem to believe in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, which refers to the Holy Spirit's baptism? Or do they have enough of the Holy Spirit at conversion 
to carry out the task of taking territories? Uh, the issue of being Pentecostal, being non-Pentecostal, is not the matter. You know, we pray the prayer that the Holy Spirit will not be a doctrine, but an experience. Uh, there's one thing for the Holy Spirit to be in our doctrine. I know that in first quarter, we believe in the Holy Spirit, but do you know it can be in our doctrinal values, but not in our experience? Actually, there are many churches today that call themselves Pentecostal, and the Holy Spirit is not in their experience, but in their doctrine. Just, that there's, just, that they, just as there are people in some churches, in the doctrine of those churches, they don't talk about the Holy Spirit, but these people have received the Holy Spirit. So I'm talking not from a doctrinal theological point of view. I'm talking to people uh, who are just seeking to experience the Lord in such a way that even if you ask them, are you a Pentecostal or evangelical? He doesn't know, but he knows that he has experienced God. So like those brethren I was talking about in those, I don't want to mention that country I was talking about. If you ask them, are you Pentecostal or evangelical? He doesn't know, but he knows he's a child of God. He knows that the Holy Spirit has spoken to him. He, look, forget the doctrine. Let's look for the experience. Hallelujah. So I do not want to answer this. The second and final question online. One of the significant challenges of taking territories for Christ is our local communities. In our local communities, is the challenge of presenting the gospel in a way that resonates with African realities, addressing specific issues like poverty, family ties and obligations, and ancestral beliefs. Sir, please shed some light on how we should approach this in our mission field. That is where the Holy Spirit also comes in. You see, many of those issues, uh, by the time the gospel comes in its power, they break. What you call our issues as Africans, our traditional issues, they give way when the Holy Spirit is at work and when people respond to the Holy Spirit. So, um, I don't know how to begin to tell you all kind of experiences, but I've seen people that give their lives to the Lord, <laughs> uh, like in one of those countries, this country I was talking about, to you about, there was a man that has given his life to the Lord. Well, we were just teaching them about, because they didn't know much about the Bible. I remember in one meeting, we gathered only the leaders, the leaders, those they call their pastors. A pastor may have only three members. That is how they operate there. I do know that many of those pastors, so we gathered them, and I was just trying to teach them something in the Bible. Many of them cannot uh, recount three parables of Jesus. They've never had it. They were just converted like that, but they had a lot of things to learn. So like this, so one day we were in the meeting, and the Lord seemed to be saying to me, many of them are struggling with attacks and spells. 
Yes, I've worked in Muslim communities, and I know that there's a lot of casting spare. So, uh, as I was talking, this man told me about, yes, he was converted, but his wife was not converted. And his wife resisted him. And so, they cast a spell upon her, and the wife was very sick. He knew it was not a sickness that could be treated in the hospital, but the wife refused to give her life to the Lord. And he begged and begged her, he refused. When they were treating her in the hospital, eventually the woman died. So, uh, the woman died a year ago. So he remarried, this time to a woman that also had, belie be, had believed in the Lord Jesus, but whose husband had died. And they were married. And they were married for just a few weeks. And the same people that cast spell on the first wife wanted to cast spell on the second wife. And they were seeing, they were experiencing all kind of spirit of death in the house. The woman would say something like, if she felt there's a spirit of death in the house, and she shed it. So we went to the house and we prayed. Just standing upon the word of God. We didn't say whether we were Pentecostals or Evangelical. It was not an issue. The Holy Spirit is not Evangelical, it's not Pentecostal, He's just the Holy Spirit. And we rebuked those powers, and that was the end. The last time I sent a message to find out how was the situation, <laughs> they said that little prayer, pray with them, solve many problems. In fact, there were other believers who were going through the same thing, being threatened by spell. They were the one going around and casting out those devils, and people were getting free. So the matter is as simple as that, you understand? Don't let us complicate it. Let us make it so simple. It's not a doctrine. You see, it's not a doctrine. It is not, it, it, yes, it's not a doctrine. It is a truth, a reality to experience. When you reduce it to a doctrine, it becomes complicated. You understand? Jesus said, go cast out the devils. You just go cast him out, he will go out. It is when you are looking for the doctrine of how to cast out devils, it becomes complicated. So don't let us complicate what the Lord has made simple. 